How many love testimonies? Come on. I want to have somebody come and share a quick testimony, something that happened Wednesday night. Melissa, will you come? I know you're a little nervous. Is that all right? You okay, come on up. I want, I want you to hear this. This is so powerful. Share with them what happened Wednesday night when you got prayed for. Okay. Um, basically, I've been in Henderson for about almost three years, and I've had a lot of issues with my ears. Um, I've been to the emergency room, doctors, triperoxide, uh, ear treatments, sinus medicine, pretty much everything. Um, my whole house is a hospital, basically, of everything. So I came here, and I've been always having pains where my throat swells up, um, my ear drains, this ear hurts, headaches where I don't want to talk to anyone don't want to sleep, just leave me alone. So, well, yeah, that's my dad. Sorry. Hey, dad. Okay. So anyways, so I came, they prayed against my ears and, um, basically there's no pain. I don't have to take aspirin. I don't have to take sinus medicine. My sinuses are messed up right now, but it's on my ear. So, yeah. So I'm going to make this my home. So I'm coming back. So, but yeah, I just want to say thank you. Come on. We just thank you for full recovery in Jesus' name, 100% healing. How many know that Jesus is the healer? Amen. How many have been healed physically in your body? Raise your hand up. Look around the room. Come on. God is so good. God is so good. So if you need healing right now, maybe in your ears, I know there's a couple of people, I've I've seen it even on Facebook, who's having migraines? Raise your hand. God is going to set you free right now. Come on, raise raise both hands in the air. We're going to pray. I want you, those of you that see, my, that see hands raised, I want you to put your hand on their shoulder right now. Come on, believers. That's it. I want you to just, here's how you pray. Jesus, we command the pain, the migraines, go in the name of Jesus. If it's some type of infirmity, go. We just declare total freedom head to toe. My wife was healed of migraines. Thank you, Lord. God healed her. And actually the Holy Spirit showed us without seeing a doctor, that there was an iron deficiency. Some of you may need to correct your diet. God can fix something spiritual with a natural solution. But right now, we command the pain to go. And there's a root of fear. The Lord is laying an axe to that root right now. In Jesus' name. And we just declare wholeness in your emotions. Thank you for that testimony that God healed Melissa. And we just release the power of of the healer, the presence of the healer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody get prayed for? Everybody that had their hands raised, get prayed for? If you didn't, raise your hand up. We'll pray for you. Okay. Amen. That was really weak. Come on. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to keep you long. I I do want to really emphasize you need to be here next Sunday and come to every session possible. Um, next, the next, uh, Sunday, the 11th through the 15th is going to be incredible. And we're hoping to have the morning sessions here and the night sessions at a larger venue. Um, and we will be announcing that if you're not on our email list, you can sign up online, subscribe, and you'll get that. Make sure that you get, you'll get email communication. Um, and then if you're here Sunday morning, you also get the announcement, but I want to emphasize, bring some people with you come. It's going to be an incredible, how many could just sense a stirring this morning. I mean, really, you're, this is your home church, but you could sense a stirring. And uh, I, I'm glad I leaned over to my wife and said, honey, you got something? And she's like, yeah. All the time. That woman needs to hear like 20 confirmations. Or she, But my wife came up and, and just stirred it up some more. But I, I really feel like um, this is a kind of like a, just a little 
foretaste of what we're going to experience next week. God is going to do some amazing things. He's going to change our thinking. You know, repentance is not just an, an event in your life when you, when you turn your life to God or when you, you receive him or you surrender to him. But repentance, metanoia is the Greek word, means to change the way you think. And as we understand theology, and I'm not talking about like necessarily if you're an STSL student, we have a Bible school, school theology. But when you understand theology, what theology is, is a study of God. It's how you see God. It's that simple. Everyone here has a theology. Everyone here is a theologian. Isn't that cool? Look at the person next to you and say, oh, you're a theologian. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Anyone who has a concept of God or an understanding of God has a theology has a philosophy, has an idea of what truth is. And this morning, I want you to understand that, um, that God, he wants, to, he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to reveal who he is to you. And, and everyone here, uh, I want you to just embrace uh, the revelation of what God is going to share with you this morning. Are you excited about that? Come on. So this morning, I just have a, a few verses I want to read, and I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to talk to you. Uh, about the way you think about God and the way, uh, the way that we conceive of God. I'm going to talk about our paradigm. How many know what a paradigm is? It's, it's what contains our beliefs and our understanding of truth. And a lot of times as Christians, God is wanting to give us truths that will bring freedom into our lives. This is so important. He wants to give us something the reality of who he is. He wants to give us truth. He wants, us to, he wants to give us the substance of who he is, uh, a different way of thinking. Uh, he wants us to repent, to change the way we think. And that, that is a progression of theology. Like I'm, I'm continually having a revelation of how good God is and how loving God is. That, is. that should be the road of every person's theology, is the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. We are transformed from glory to glory. We see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what happens is, is God is wanting to illuminate. He's wanting to reveal who He is. He wants us to experience His love. He wants us to experience truth. So it brings us into an experience, an encounter of freedom. It's a tangible reality. Being a Christian is not just having beliefs. Being a Christian is experiencing Jesus and living out His incarnational life. The reality that He brought you into family. The reality that you're adopted along with the whole planet. That God was in Christ, come on somebody, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, reconciling the world to himself. And, and we have the ministry of reconciliation and we're carry, we, we carry the glory of God. God wants us to be windows of another realm. The realm of heaven, the realm of love, what love really looks like, what God really looks like. Not what religion has taught us. Not what our experience alone has taught us. Hello? But what God really looks like. How many of you said, I want to know what God really looks like? And sometimes our paradigm cannot contain the truth and the reality of what God wants to show us. And I want to just read a verse to you. And I want to talk to you about what God is doing and who we are as a church. And what a little bit of what we believe in relation to just... A couple things, but in Isaiah 64, the prophet Isaiah, 
is praying. Now, ultimately, some of this that I'm about to read to you points to Jesus. It's messianic. Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah probably more than any other prophet in the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 64, he is asking God, he says, Oh, that you would tear or rend the heavens and that you would come down. And the mountains might shake at your presence. I'm going to stop right there. Isaiah is praying and he says, Lord, tear the heavens and come down. This was a cry. The word tear, uh, the word rend, is a, it's a violent word. I mean, it's actually, how many have ever prayed some violent prayers? Come on. Now, in Isaiah's paradigm, there was a lot of violence. In the Old Testament, there's a lot of violence. And God's progressively revealing himself to humanity. And, and the perfect understanding of how we see God is not found in just a few verses in the Old Testament. Actually, the Bible says that the Old Covenant, uh, not the Old Testament, the book, because not everything in the Old Testament is Old Covenant. Did you know that? Hello? Because the Old Covenant didn't start until Exodus 22. And things were progressively being revealed. And ultimately, we see who God is in Jesus. But the Old Covenant, this is what the Scripture says, this is what Paul said, puts a veil over who God is. You can't see what I look like. I might be smiling right now. I might be sticking my tongue out at you. I'm just playing. The old covenant puts a veil over what God looks like. But Jesus shows up, and now we see what God really looks like. We see his features. We see who he is. We see that he's not angry. We see that he's forgiving. We see that he's loving. We see what God really looks like. Now, Isaiah is praying from a different paradigm. It's a violent paradigm. It's a paradigm uh, under the old system of religious law and, and do's and don'ts. It's not a system that we have, that we are partaking of now, which is a new covenant, a new and better covenant. It's about faith and grace and totally relying in his work and what Jesus accomplished. But Isaiah's praying a violent prayer. But I want to talk to you about this because I think, I think that it's important to understand that it's, it's a, it's a, like it's a prayer that maybe you and I could pray. Lord, open the heavens and come down. How many have ever been in a situation like, God, I need you? Come on. There's a violentness. There's, let me just say it this way. Violent, like, it's, it, like you're not afraid of some guts. You know what I'm saying? How many watch violent movies? I'm trying to stay away from them. But you're not afraid of some guts. I'm, I'm, using it, I'm saying that in pun. But like you're not afraid to pray from your gut. You're not of God. Would you rend the heavens and come down? This is the language of the prophet. It's a cry from the depths of his heart. He's a prophet. He's like, God, I have a, I'm in this covenant with you, the old covenant. He's like, would you open the heavens and come down? Because it feels like you're not here right now. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? King David found out horrible story. I mean, just devastating. Some of you maybe can identify with this. Hopefully, there's nobody in this room that has identified with this exact story, but maybe you lost a loved one. But David found out his son was murdered. And he violently tore his clothes. It's the same word in the Hebrew. There's a tearing. Would you tear the heavens and come down? Now, this was his paradigm. This is... This is his cry. How many know that there are cries 
And there are prayers in the Old Testament that we are now and we have now seen fulfilled in Jesus. Are you with me? See, the paradigm of this prayer, it was a legitimate prayer. But the paradigm that you're in is not just crying out for God to open the heavens, but for you to understand that the heavens are already opened and understand what God wants to do in your life, that you're not to wait on Him, but He's actually waiting on you to come into the reality that it's already done. I want you to turn quickly to Luke chapter 3. Are you with me this morning? I didn't have that much time to preach, but I won't go much more than 15 minutes. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Verse 21 through 23. And when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. Now, in, in, this is a big deal because there's 400 years of history of God, the people of God that we don't really have in, in our Bibles. It is in some historical books that are not a part of the canon. They don't consider them canonized like inspired scripture. So the Maccabees, and there's different, um, those of you that raise Catholic, and if you have a Catholic Bible, it actually has some of those books in there. But for 400 years, it's as if God was silent, as if the heavens were closed. Have you ever felt like God's silent in your life? I mean, just be honest. Can we be honest? We're in church that God knows if you're lying. So raise your hand if you ever felt like he was silent. Come on, we all should raise our hand. So this was a big deal. It says when Jesus was baptized... That he prayed and the heavens were opened. Can you imagine being there? I wonder what that looked like. I mean, they're sitting there and then this rabbi that, I mean, Jesus, God incarnate comes and he, he submits himself to the ministry of John the Baptist. Well, Jesus never submitted to anyone, so I don't have to. Wrong. Hello? He submits himself to a ministry and he's baptized in water. Now, here's what it says. When he prayed... The heavens are open. So Isaiah's prayer and cry begins to come into fulfillment. I mean, it's beautiful. Isaiah 64 and Luke chapter 3, we see this fulfillment in Christ that things are changing. Jesus came to change the paradigm. Jesus came to end an old religious system. He didn't come to start a religion. He came to open up a door for relationship for you and the Father. Jesus came and he did things like in John chapter 2 where he's turning water into wine. And he takes a, 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 an actual item that was used for religious ceremonial purification and he uses it to make a wedding turn into a party. Come on, somebody. Jesus was that type of person that he walked in. And John, obviously, in John chapter 2, uh, he, he tells then the story of Jesus going in and protesting the temple. He literally walks in a church service, come on, and interrupts it. Says, eh, no, this ain't how it's supposed to go. Think about it for a minute. This is the guy we're following, Jesus. He is the the ultimate revolutionary. Come on. He is the one that walks in and changes everything. He's turning the tables over, which, by the way, the Bible never says he was angry. So don't let that scripture and story give you an excuse to be angry. It never says he was mad. He, he had zeal. There was fire in him. He said, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. He was passionate. 
But he went in and he interrupted the religious service. He, he goes into a wedding and weddings are important. Weddings in that time, they would go on for days. It wasn't just a short ceremony and, and reception. It went on for days. And, and Jesus, knowing that there was no more wine for the celebration, he says, nah, we can't let that happen. Let's fix this. And he takes and something used for religious purification. He says, let's use that. Just mess with the Pharisees a little bit. Let's just mess. Let's just throw a wrench in the religious system. Because I've come to change a paradigm. I've come to answer the cry of the prophets. They spoke of me. He, he tells the religious Pharisees, they knew the Bible so well. Come on, I know all y'all with your Bibles marked up and you got stuff all in them. Sometimes we act like little Pharisees. Well, where's the, where's the scripture for that one? <laughs> Somebody says something like, where's the verse in the Bible? that That's all I hear when I... Uh, it, now, Scripture is the authority. Come on. Scripture is inspired by God, but stop being so dang religious. The Pharisees are like that. They know the Scripture, the Torah. You know, they unfold these big scrolls in the synagogues. And, and, and they look at... And Jesus looks at them with all their zeal that they had, but no knowledge of who He was. And He says, you search the Scriptures diligently, thinking you're going to find life in them, but actually you don't even realize they point to Me. So Jesus is walking in now, and He came to change the paradigm. He came to turn over the tables. He came to change the religious system. He says, yeah, you destroy this temple in three days. I'll raise it up. He's talking about His body. He prophesies in Matthew 24 that the temple... Which is, uh, this is heaven on earth. Like the temple, the Hebrew idiom, heaven on earth. They're talking about the temple. That's where God is. God touched earth in the tabernacle, in the temple. And Jesus is like, yeah, this thing's coming down, boys. I mean, if you really, if you understand the reason the first Christian was killed in Acts chapter 7, Stephen, the first martyr, was actually prophesying some of the same stuff. And the Pharisees with their violence the wrong kind of violence. With their violence, they picked up stones and they killed him. Because they're like, you're not going to mess with our religious system. And maybe what I want to present you today is that maybe sometimes God's trying to give us something, but we're holding on to our religious system. We're holding on to our old wineskin. We're holding on to law instead of just trusting that I can have grace by, through faith. Come on. We're holding on to all this stuff. And God wants to change our lives. And we just need to let Him love us. We just need to bust out of the mold and stop thinking that we're not under an open heaven. Come on. We're holding on to unworthiness or shame or guilt or our pity parties or all the junk that comes with religion instead of stepping into this new life this new covenant that Jesus paid it all. God wants to change your paradigm so that what he wants to give you will fit. You see, your paradigm's a container and sometimes our, it's like, it, it's not even really a round hole and a square peg. It's more like, I, I see it more like this way, like it's a, a container and we put a lid on it. And God's like, take the lid off and let me just pour out what I want to pour out. Take the lid off. Get a new paradigm. And God wants to give us things, but they won't fit into our current paradigm. But Jesus has come 
to give us a new paradigm. Jesus fulfills and begins to fulfill the cry of Isaiah in Isaiah 64. The Spirit of God comes and descends and rests and remained on Him. The Holy Spirit, there's a connection. It says the Spirit descended. See, when the heavens are open, it is manifested by the Spirit of God. Hello? Now, I want to talk to you about one more thing before I close. And turn to Acts chapter 2. I want to talk to you about that not only are we now under an open heaven. Listen, my prayers change. I, I used to be, you might think that I'm like bold and, and you know, because I'm a pretty bold person. I used to not be very bold. But God's spirit has changed my life. I used to actually be very uh, soft-spoken. I know it's really hard to believe. I was very soft-spoken. I was very shy. And the spirit of God says, no, I, I'm going to take the ordinary and I'm going to make it extraordinary. And God began to change my life. The Spirit of God came. He not only changed my paradigm, but He transformed who I am. And, and I want to uh, share with you just the reality of what I've seen when we begin to step into the new paradigm of what God really is to us, what He's really done for us. And we pray from this paradigm. We prophesy from this paradigm. We preach from this paradigm. We minister from this paradigm instead of the old paradigm where it's really hard to get things done. Now, years ago, I used to pray, open the heavens and come down. God, we're wretched, we're sinners. And maybe there was like stuff that I needed to get right in my heart. But I didn't understand that he loved me and I was a son. And although I I could sin and we still have the ability to sin, I'm not a sinner anymore if I'm in Christ. God calls me a saint. I mean, the guy who wrote three quarters of the New Testament keeps addressing saints to the saints at, to the saints. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Why don't you listen to the words of Paul? Hello? Get it through your thick religious brain. He doesn't call you a sinner anymore. If God doesn't call you a sinner, then stop calling yourself a sinner. Doesn't mean you're not going to sin, but it means that now your nature, at the core of your being, there's a seed, an incorruptible seed. First Peter 1.23, you were born again. Something changed inside of you. God gave you a new nature. It's the new paradigm. And and, and I found myself praying these old Isaiah 64 prayers. Lord, we're in the heavens. You know, the prayer of revival for all time. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek your face and pray. You like my country accent? Turn from the... I had biscuits and gravy the other day, so it just comes out naturally. Come on, somebody. We have this, these verses that are old covenant paradigms. Is there truth that we can glean from? Yes, we, listen, not all of the Old Testament is applicable to you, but all of it is useful. Yes. It's inspired. It's the Word of God. It's inspired and it, it is authoritative. But I can't read Levitical law and apply it to my life. Hello? Yeah. If so, you know, little things like if you wear glasses, you're not allowed in church. You're not allowed in the sanctuary. I mean, there's like little things like you can't. So we're praying some of these old prayers from an Old Testament paradigm. Hello? Oh, if my people are called by my name and we're, you know, we think America has a covenant with God. America does not have a covenant with God. You do in Christ. And God doesn't look at nations anymore. He looks at, come on, there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Greek. I don't care what descent you're from. Uh, I don't hear you right now. Come on, somebody. God looks at people and he loves everybody and everyone's welcome. All are called. 
And we're so nationalistic. And I, I love my country. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. But I, I plead my allegiance to the king, not a flag. I don't want to get political on you or unpolitical on you. But my paradigm had to change for me to realize that I don't need to pray these, God, rend the heavens and come down. I'm such a sinner. Please come. Now, God, sometimes he'll answer those prayers. Why? Because he loves your heart. He wants relationship with you. And he loves passion. But that's the, just because there's, you know, an answer doesn't mean that's the formula. We always want to take like a prayer and turn it to a formula. That's religion. Instead of, it's just, God's just looking for relationship. He's looking for lovers. He's looking for sons and daughters. And when I realized that I could start praying a little differently, instead of saying, Lord, open the heavens and come down. Wait a minute, you're with me. The spirit of God's in me. In essence, now I'm the temple and we're the temple. And we come together and we experience the manifest presence of God. And now I can pray, not just that I know that I'm under an open heaven, but somehow, some way, when my heart is yielded to Jesus and who he is and what he did, the person and work of Christ that cannot be separated, when I'm yielded to that, I become a literal, a window of heaven. This is what Jesus said in John seven thirty-seven and 38. He said, if you're thirsty, come and drink. And out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. That is an, an exclusive invitation, by the way. In, in the book of Revelation, it talks about it. Whoever's thirsty, let him come and drink. But the spirit and the bride say come. Now, how many have ever thought that? The spirit and the bride say come. Like, come back, Jesus. It's not only a plea for the kingdom to come and the ultimate eminent return of Jesus, but it is also a plea for the warlocks and the witches and the prostitutes and the most dark, depraved people to come drink freely of the waters. Guess what? It says in the new city of Jerusalem, the doors are never closed. That's a new paradigm. And we're over here praying, oh God, we're just so sinful. Well, yeah, we need to get our hearts right, but pray from the new paradigm that, God, you've cleansed us. God, you're making all things new. Hello. You're restoring. You're breathing on humanity. You're pouring out your spirit from uh, on high on all flesh. You're changing me. I'm changing from the inside. I am becoming more and more like Jesus. I am on the path of the righteous. It's getting brighter and brighter. I'm seeing what you really look like. I'm no longer looking at the old covenant, and I don't, I don't see just a veil and wonder what God looks like. I'm not looking at a shadow. I'm looking at the reality. Who is Jesus? It's a new paradigm. I didn't just pray, rend the heavens and come down. I say, God, you're here. And we release what you're doing right now. God wants his glory to manifest through you. Now, I want to close with this understanding of, of what happens when we come together and we experience God's presence. How many know God's everywhere? Do you believe that? Like we use the word, the Greek word, this is an old theological, classic theological word, omnipresence. It means he's everywhere at once. Now, that doesn't best biblically describe it, but it helps us understand. And a better way to look at it is, is probably like he holds everything together. So in one sense, he's everywhere. And in another sense, he's with us. Now, I want to I just use this as a kind of a metaphor to help you think. This doesn't fully describe it, but it, it will help you. I want you to, and when you're more aware of what I'm about to share with you, we will become a mighty people of God that carry the glory of God, that carry this open heaven reality, that carry this uh, moving of the spirit of God, these rivers of living water that God wants to use us to reveal who Jesus really is to the world. It's kind of like 
there's always humidity in the air. How many know that? Now, you might not know that because you're from Las Vegas, so there's not much humidity here. How many went outside yesterday and were like, oh, Lord, the summer's coming? I mean, we, we, how many vegans, vegans do we have? Vegans? How many vegans do we have in here? How many vegans do we have in here? Really, I'm just curious. Are you vegan? Raise your hand if you're vegan. We need more vegans. Come on, we need a movement of vegans. No more meat. I'm just kidding. It's nothing to do with the message. So us vegans know it's getting hot. Like we don't like the heat. It gets, you know, 115. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for air conditioning. How many here just want to stop and give a little praise break for air conditioning? (laughs) Glory. I'm so, I drove a car in the midsummer one time. It had no AC and I was like, I get to work sweaty. Like I had to shower all over again and everything. But we know that there's humidity in the air. Even in this dry climate, it might be 10%, but there's a little humidity in the air, sometimes more. Have you ever been down south for, you like my southern accent? You been down about a bayou? Come on, somebody. You got any Cajun folks in here? That's cool yawn for you. I'm actually speaking Cajun. No, I'm not speaking Cajun. You go down to the south and it is humid. You get out of the shower, you're still wet for another hour. We were uh, in San Antonio. We did the river walk. It was so humid. There's like monkeys flying around. It's not flying like Wizard of Oz, but they're jumping around. It was really cool, but it was so hot and humid. I just, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Let's go. Do you remember, Rochelle, do you remember that? It was horrible. My face was all red. My face looked like Ryder's shirt. Look how red his shirt is. Stand up, Ryder, and show everybody. That's what my face looked like. All my ki- my girls look like Shirley Temple. You know, that bright red cheeks. How many know there's humid in the air everywhere? Some places it's more humid though. It's kind of like the presence of God. And when you understand that he is in you, you're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't dwell in a temple made with hands. But now he dwells in you and we corporately are the dwelling place for God in the spirit. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21. So God now lives inside of us. So in essence, the cloud by day and the fire by night, now that cloud, the glory cloud is in us. The awareness that now we are carriers of God's glory, his tangible presence. Now, how many know when we come together, there's, uh, we, we feel him like he's more real than, than uh, we know he's with us. How many know he's with us? He now, the psalmist says this. This is where we get our understanding of omnipresence, by the way. If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. If I go, if I'm dead and gone, you're with me. Like, wherever I am, you're there. Now, the psalmist wasn't saying you're everywhere as much as he was saying you're with me. So we have that understanding. And the Bible says in Hebrews thirteen five, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit is like super glue. Are you thankful for that? Come on, somebody. He will never leave you. But when we come together, there is a reality that he's here. Like he's tangible. Why? Here's what I want to share with you. We're under an open heaven. And when all of our hearts are positioned and postured in this reality, that he's pouring out his spirit and that we are, in essence, those that carry the cloud. Guess what happens when we come together? There's divine precipitation. That's why when you get together with some sisters that have been praying together for a while, 
you walk in that room, whoa, man, the glory of God. You just want to bow down and worship. Worship teams that worship together, their hearts are joined, they're in harmony. Why? Because all of their hearts are knit together and it, it causes God's presence to just manifest. We're under an open heaven. It's a new paradigm. Why am I saying this? Because it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. No longer are we praying heaven on earth? Yes, but in the reality that also you are a manifestation of heaven on earth because Christ lives in you. And in the work of Christ is embodied heaven on earth. Come on. Heaven met earth with a sloppy wet kiss when Jesus was dying and bleeding on the cross. And he was buried, but we know that's not the end of the story. Come on. He was raised from the dead. He's ascended and now he's sitting on a throne and he reigns on high and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So let's start living from the right paradigm. Come on. Let's start living from the paradigm that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Let's start living from the paradigm that God is within me and it's Christ in me that's the hope of glory. That God wants to flood the earth with his glory. God's looking for people to stop just praying at him and start praying with him and start declaring over the dry bones of Las Vegas that I see an army. The world might see sin city, but I see revival city. I see grace city because I'm living from a new paradigm. God wants us to get out of our religious junk, our religious crap. Well, I just, I'm just struggling. No, you know, you have a new nature. Just start walking in it. Rise up. Receive the grace of heaven. Take the lid off. God wants to give you a new paradigm. Take the lid off. He's pouring out grace. He wants you to rise up. He wants to restore your life. He wants to give you more. He wants to tangibly bless your life. He wants to heal your ears when the doctors don't know what it is. He wants to set you free from oppression. Come on. He wants to heal your headaches. God cares about every little part of your life. Well, I'm just not worthy. That's the old paradigm. I'm just afraid. That's the old paradigm. The new paradigm is love. The old paradigm is law. And fear, the new paradigm's love and faith and grace, sonship. The old paradigm's, I'm just an orphan, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, 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 you are a saint transformed by grace. And when you start realizing that and you set your heart on that and your heart is open to the reality of who God is, he's not just this God that's veiled in the old covenant, but he is perfectly revealed in Jesus. So all you have to do is look at Jesus. Look at what he did when the woman was caught in adultery and he's lying before her and the Pharisees have stones. When you feel like the woman caught in adultery and you're in shame and you've messed up and you've blown it again, let me tell you, Jesus is looking at you and saying, I don't condemn you. Get up and sin no more. That's the new paradigm. Which, by the way, she was under the death penalty. That was capital punishment. Jesus set her free. Go free. I forgive you. You're pre-forgiven before you even mess up. How much will that just cause your heart to leap and say, God, I want relationship with you. I don't want to allow this stuff in my life that will just bring destruction. Jesus is like, now turn around. I want relationship with you. I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I'm bringing you into sonship. It's just like the prodigal son, the story where the father is waiting for him to wake up and come home. God is pouring out his spirit on your life right now. Would you lift your hands and let's close. Come on, lift your hands with me and allow him to bring you into this new paradigm. 
Allow him to just speak words of life to you. Yes, you're a son. Yes, you're a daughter of God. But I want you to hear when, when, when he says, I love you, he's watering that seed, that incorruptible seed, the new nature he's given you. You got to hear that. Don't hear the other voices, the, of the lying voices of oppression, of lies. We break its power right now in Jesus' name. And we just declare, would you hear the spirit? Would you hear God's wind breathing into you saying, you can rise up. I'm going to give you a new paradigm. The heavens are opened over you. God isn't silent. He's speaking to you right now. And he says, I love you. And he wants to usher you into freedom. He wants to call you into a new life. So, Lord, we receive it right now. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you come now and just breathe upon your people? Just ask him right now. Say it out loud. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive your life. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord. They were all aware, and there was a divine precipitation. It says a sound from heaven came like a mighty rushing wind. It was a holy hurricane. It was, a, it was a visitation of God. It was the coming of the Spirit. One translation, the New American Standard says it was a violent wind. It was the new violence, which is a violent love, not a violent hatred. It was a new paradigm. God came, and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. God had formed a new wineskin, and he was pouring out new wine. This is what we are created to walk in, to be containers and carriers of his glory, that God wants you to reveal what he really looks like to the world. How many say yes to that? And it starts with your testimony. It starts with him just changing your life. It starts with him healing your marriage and your family. It starts with him healing your heart. When you feel like you you just want to give up, God says, no, I have plans for you. Matter of fact, there's a few people here. The spirit of depression has just dominated your mind. And I just pray that off of you right now in Jesus' name. I speak hope. Would you close your eyes one more time? I speak hope to the hopeless. I speak hope to the hopeless right now. He has a plan for you. He's giving you gifts right now. He's he's handing out. He's saying, here's liberty. Here's freedom. Here's grace. All you have to do is receive it. Thank you, Lord, for new beginnings. Thank you, Lord, for new life. We bless you and we receive it now. I bless your people. How I long to see, as you do, you want long to see us mature in love, mature as sons and daughters, mature so that we can display the very glory of heaven because the world Lord, creation is eagerly expecting and awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. And according to Hebrews, it says that many sons are coming into glory. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your glory. Thank you for your presence. May the divine precipitation of heaven just flood our lives through and through as our hearts are aware of this new paradigm. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, seal it with praise.
I want to ask our prayer team, would you quickly come?